0: welcome to the driving your marketing podcast where small business entrepreneurs come discover the strategies systems and tools to kick their marketing into high gear if you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur you're in the right place let's get ready to roll All right. Welcome, everybody. This is Eli Delaney, creator of the Driving Your Marketing podcast and co-founder of Your Marketing University. And the whole point of this podcast is to bring in cool conversations with people that I meet throughout the world and share with you all the wonderful things about the marketing side of your business. because. You know, I do a lot of speaking gigs, and when I do talk to people, what ends up happening is I ask them, what do you think about marketing? Do you love marketing? Most of them hate it. Most of them actually think that it's scary, it's expensive, it's complicated, and I have had the terms black magic and voodoo used before, and that's the whole reason why I started this show, and today what I want to do is I want to bring with you a new recent friend of mine, Tanya Hoffman. We're going to be talking about turning strangers into VIP clients, and Tanya is the CEO and founder of the Public Speakers Association. She's the winner of the 2008 Business Matchmaker of the Year Award for International E-Women Network Conference, and she's also nominated for the 2014 Global Connector of the Year for Sales Strategy Summit, which some pretty, pretty cool things. So, Tanya, thanks so much for joining us today. I am so excited to be here. And you know, you and I actually met via online through the Launch Your Expertise Summit that was going on, I believe was it last month that we did this? Something
1: like that. Yeah. <laughs> to keep up with time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's so many crazy things going on. But that's how we actually, that's how I actually saw what was going on with you. I looked up what you were doing and I was like, you know what, this girl seems like she's kind of cool. So you and I had a really cool conversation a couple weeks ago and I said, yes, I definitely want to have you come on on the guest, as a guest for our show and kind of share where, you know, where did you come from? What are some of the things that are going on with you and what are things that you know, you can help people out from the marketing standpoint of realizing that this stuff doesn't have to be scary. And it's stuff that's that's easily achievable by any one of us. Exactly. So how did you get started in this crazy world?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, a lot of people, when they see me today, they just assume this is the way I've always been. <laughs> and just like with any great marketing, we have to decide where we're going and who we really want to create ourselves as. and so. I've been a solopreneur since I was 25 years old. I've never worked in corporate, which is always a shocker for people. (laughs) And I started with a retail store that my husband and I owned, trying to figure out what we were doing. Um, The people that we had bought the store from just kind of handed us the keys and took the money and ran. And we really had no idea about the marketing part of it, which was, you know, like what you were saying most of the time that's the first thing that starts to break down is how am I going to let people know who we are and how and where we are, and then you know what we have to offer and so we had to really kind of sniff up what we were doing and learned a lot really quickly and Now, in about oh five, we decided to start show you know sharing with people what we learned and as soon as I started deciding to do that, I got really. Um, oh, what do you call it, just terrified because I realized that what I really had to do was market myself more than a business, and that was a big change in my shift of what I was doing and how I was approaching business, and I started networking, connecting. Um, I had never heard of a chamber of commerce when I was in 05, and I started really looking at What is this world of networking? And I overdo everything that I do. So I joined 54 (laughs) different networking groups, chambers, and all kinds of incredible opportunities to connect with people.
0: Oh wow! Okay, I I have to stop you right there because I think you are the only person in this world that I've ever met that outdid me when I got started with the networking thing. That is insane. I mean, I was I was going to two or three events a day on on any given day, uh, but I was still you know it was like you know six or seven groups plus I think three chambers, you know something like that. So yeah, fifty four. That is insane.
1: It was insane and I really got burned out by the end of 05. You know, I was like, what am I doing? And I started really looking at, you know, you get to that point, I think we all do in business, and we're like, what are we doing? Why am I doing this? I'm exhausted. And I started really evaluating what I, what was my marketing value, right? What was my time worth, my money worth? And I started looking at all the groups and that's how I even knew I was going to 54 because I started writing them all down and I'm like, why am I going to this group? I don't even like those people. (laughs) And so a lot of what I did was um, start hanging around with the people that I actually liked. And then I started my own networking organization in um, 2006. And like I said, I do a little bit of, you know, going crazy whenever I do anything and um, believe in doing things big. So I took it, To a statewide networking group organization, and I had 20 networking groups throughout the state of Texas, and then I sold it back in 2011. But through that time, the reason I did it was very selfishly, because I knew if I didn't get over my fear of speaking in front of people, that there was no way for me to move myself forward and my business forward. And so I figured if I'm going to have to stand up. And I always knew that, you know, you always showcase yourself as a leader. Um, you're never, you know, a follower. You always want to be a leader in, in whatever you do. Then I was going to also have to get used to being in front of people. And so it was a big shift for me because I'm an introvert, and it's hard for people to believe that now, but it really is true. And so when I'm um, looking at creating who I wanted to be at that time, I was like, okay, let me see who I love and what they're doing, and then take that information and then say, can I do that for myself? What can I do in that respect? So whatever it is that that person was doing that I really liked, I wanted to kind of amplify what it is in myself. And so that's kind of how I used networking for the longest time. And then I decided, okay, well, dang it, you know, looks like the marketing is really in the speaking So I had to really get used to the speaking thing um, and really start to look at how to get myself in front of people, giving myself the expertise to make a difference in people's lives. And so that was kind of a big shift for me. And I think for most people, you know, I don't think most people go into, except for a few that are like, oh, I want to be a speaker, you know. (laughs) But it does so much for the marketing of your business and of yourself, too.
0: Right. Well, definitely. And, you know, for me, I have found exactly the same thing. But I have to say that, you know, you, you and I are very similar in a couple of aspects. You know, for me, I also, I did not understand the, the speaking thing and was like, okay, I know I need to do this, but I'm also an introvert. Um, I actually, you know, grew up in the music world and actually got out of the music world because of the fact that I had stage fright. Uh-oh. So you know, that was – now, lo and behold, now I'm a speaker too, so that that still confuses me. But, you know, it's – we go through the, these phases of figuring out, okay, what is it that is actually – you know, what is it that's going to actually work for me? And you did something that's very, very cool, and I think that it's very important for people to pay attention to is that if you want to be positioned as a leader – You know, and you can start your own groups. That's not actually – you don't have to go huge and have multiple groups all over the, the country, but you could start your own group, and now you're already positioned as a leader, and it's a way to kind of get you started.
1: And that's why whenever I create any of my organizations or help anybody create organizations, you know, I always set it up where they're giving power to others. You know, it's a true leader, that's what you really are. You're allowing other people to own their own power and their own influence. And, you know, you could be a part of somebody else's organization and start something so you don't have, you know, to kind of reinvent wheels, but you do need to set yourself up as a leader. It's a, a huge transition in your business and your marketing.
0: Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And I, and I encourage that for anybody that's in, in business to, you know, join, look at joining, you know, your groups, if you're doing networking, especially like chambers of commerce or BNI groups or whatever, there's so many different opportunities that are out there but look at becoming, you know, be on the board, try to see about becoming a leader. And as you start doing that, it's a way to take kind of that baby step to work into a bigger role and then that way you don't have to get overwhelmed with everything at first but if you are in a position where you feel that you could you're okay with starting your own group even if it starts with five people then there's nothing that holds you back from that and that's something that you did very well you know you grew that that into its own own business as opposed to even just doing it as a way to get business which is a great great you know next level with it as well
1: well and also if you look at not just you know, joining something and getting involved. But it's really about connecting to the people at the top because, you know, really it's never about, you know, it's the old adage. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And the people that are leaders in any organization are the people that are very proactive. They really take huge steps and they can move you along with them. If they're a true leader, they move you along with them and bring you along as they're moving And it's an incredible synergy that you create. That's even with you know my own organization, the Public Speakers Association. I'm always looking at how can I not just create another group, but how do I create real community and involvement and proactivity amongst not just the leaders, but then also just the members themselves.
0: Very cool. I love that. And it is, it is about creating that community and finding a way that, you know, it's not like you're always pitching them. And that's, and I think that that's a different approach. And I think that, you know, I've seen your success from, from what I've, you know, when I talked about, um, this has been my own success has had the same thing is by adding value and giving value first. In a community, building building the relationship, and then oh yeah, by the way, this is what I have is for sale. You know, it, it's kind of like a, a byproduct if you really think about it that way.
1: Exactly, because you're not attacking anybody. You know, when I found out that you know you do an infusion soft, um, all of the stuff that I need, I'm like ooh you know. But that's not <laughs> what we came in to talk about, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And people that are curious will ask you, you know, who you are and what you do, and it sometimes leads into a sale, but that's not why you go and talk to the person in the first place.
0: Right. It's about building the relationship first. And I think that that's where a lot of people have kind of – they tend to forget that one. And that's the way it always has been. That's the funny thing about it is that in today's world with all the craziness that's going on, with especially in marketing and running a business and all the different things that you can do to get your name out there, which has become easier than it ever has it still boils down to very, very basic principles that have been around for, you know, 200 years, which are, you know, how do people buy from who they know, like, and trust? Well, they have to get to know you first, and that's about building the relationship and just, you know, just being there to help somebody out.
1: Exactly, and a business card is not going to make anybody buy from you, people. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a way to get hold of you.
0: (laughs) Yes. And I and I do have to agree with that one too. I know I know some people that is their you know they they do the drive bys like what, what we like to call it where they just show up and say hey here's my card here's my card here's my card and I'm like oh no not another one of those. I was actually at an event one time where. Uh, a friend and I were sitting there having a conversation, and this was a huge event. We had, like, there's, like, 1,500 people there. This guy was towards the end of the night, and this guy walks up, walks up behind my friend, puts his arm around him, around his shoulder, and sticks his business card from behind into his front shirt pocket and says, I didn't want to leave without giving you one of my cards, and then turned around and walked away. We had no clue who this guy even was. He didn't say hi, he didn't I mean just this, all he did was just basically came up and was like very stalkerish and putting his hand in his pocket. you know yeah and, and I was like, "Wow, it amazes me some of the things that people will do with it and it's because it is it does really go boil down to that you know just getting to, to build a relationship with somebody first.
1: Well, and also not discounting who's around you. You know, a lot of times, especially in networking and marketing yourself in front of people, people want to cherry pick. And I have seen it over and over again. I've gone to some events to meet people And I literally was at an event where I was talking to a fabulous woman. She had written a book. She was one of the speakers. I had just kind of ran into the event just to say hi to her and and connect with her again. And and so I wasn't really involved in the organization in that particular conference. A gentleman came up who has coined himself the networking king of the world. I won't even mention who he was. I'm always wary of people who think they're the networking king or queen of anything. Uh-huh. And he pushed past me, literally interrupted our conversation, put his back towards me, handed her his, his business card, his book, said he wanted to connect with her and have her book, and totally stole the entire conversation that I was just having with her. And He had no clue as who I was and didn't even care. And so when he got through, he looked at me, and I said, "Who? you know, my name is Tanya. And he goes, oh, nice to meet you. And um, he goes, oh, I've got books over at my table if you like one. And I'm like, oh, I'd love to have one. And he looked at me because he had just given the other lady a free one. Mm-hmm. And he goes, um, you know, sure, I'll, I'll take one of your books. So he goes back over to his table. He comes back, and he gives me one that was patterned.
0: <laughs>
1: oh. And he was like, Here, here's a free book for you. You know, I think I had this one just kind of laying around.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. You know, <laughs> people like that, it just, it always amazes me, and it's, you know I, and i've i've seen stories like that i've i've been in that situation before where i've had i mean even just recently I had somebody who I wanted to to reach out with and connect connect with and they were they were at an event they actually had a table and were promoting another event that they were going to be a big conference and I had considered going to the event because I wanted to meet this person to begin with but um, i wasn 't sure yet if I was going to be able to make it or not, and then I get there, and this person has she's got a booth. And I walked up to her and I said, you know what, I wanted to connect with you. I've been considering going to the event, but I wanted to, and I wasn't sure if I was going to make it or not, but I did want to connect with you because I think you might be you know, a cool person to connect with and possibly be a guest on my podcast. And she just looks at me. She's like, okay. <laughs> and she looks at me like I'm bothering her, even though it, she is standing behind the table at her booth at a trade show. And I'm like, you know, know, trying to start a conversation a little bit. And and it just blew me away how unpersonable I was being treated by that person and the funny thing was i ended up going to that event in order to meet somebody else and that person happened to be there first thing introduced myself to him they shook my hand said i would love to talk to you what are you, what do you do would I be mean, great conversation and now she and i have become friends you know <laughs> it, it, but the, the first one i'm like yeah, I, I don't know i don't know if i could I don't, I don't think i'm bringing her on you know purely for that fact you know you never know how you know you never know who's sitting right there yes and yes. you don't know – you never not know. One of the things that I always tell people is all the people that we meet, all the contacts that we have that are out there, I mean, it's not uncommon. I'm You and I are both, like, huge networkers. Um, when it comes to the networking world, if you're really doing it right, it's really not uncommon for you to meet, you know, 50 to 100 people in a week at an event somewhere or several events if you're going crazy, like, 54 events like you. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's like you never know. That person – that you, that you meet that really doesn't seem like the right fit, maybe right now they happen to be broke so they're not going to buy your stuff, or whatever the reason is, you never know when things might turn around or who they might know that might be a good connection for you. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, I had one time there was a girl that was that was that got connected to me, and she kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, and, and because I come from the rock and roll world, um, she was a bit of a groupie. And she came and she paid attention to all of my stuff and signed up for all of my freebies and never bought anything. And, and it was okay. I mean, it was like, you know what, there are people that are like that. And I wasn't totally worried about it. But then all day, one day she emails me and says, I would really like to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you. And I thought about it for a second to decide, okay, do I really, do I really need to spend the time with her? Because she's probably going to do the, the picking your brain thing, which sometimes yeah. when we get busy, we do have to be careful of. And not that we don't want to help, but, you know, there's a certain point where, you know, people are just, just there to pick your brain. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go have coffee with her anyway. And I decided to, and I, and I figured, you know what, it doesn't hurt me any. So I went ahead and sat down with her, and I, she said, okay, what about this and what about that? And she's asking me a bunch of questions, and she gets in and she goes, okay, now well, which one of your, pro- your programs would, would be the first one for me to start with? And so what I did was I actually laid out kind of a, a plan of each of our programs. to Start here, then here, then here. So she could kind of get an idea of what path she should go. She's like, is there any way you could do a discount if I bought them all? I'm <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll figure something out. And lo and behold, right there, this person who'd been following me for a year and a half had never bought anything because I took the time to treat her right She ended up buying every one of my training programs.
1: Right. It's how you treat people, you know. And even, I mean, I've got people that come back, you know, I put on a monthly event in Austin, and I've got people that come up to me every single meeting and say, oh, my gosh, I've been, you know, watching you and watching you grow and, and become successful and, You know, it's been seven years, but I'm ready to do something with you now. (laughs) And at first I'm like, wow, you know, what have you been doing for seven years? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it's timing. It's timing for them. It's timing for, you know, me, everything. It it all has to correlate. So, you know, too many times, and I get it because people will need to, you know, put diapers on the baby and and pay for the rent um, today. But it's building that repertoire of community around yourself that really leads into incredible opportunities for the future.
0: Right. No, and I I couldn't agree more with you on that one. Now, as we're going through all of this, you know, we're talking about, about networking as, as a, as one way to, to kind of build those relationships and that, all that side of things. But, you know, for a lot of us, especially when we get going, we go to a certain number of networking groups and we feel like we're we're out there spreading our message, but we're just not getting the numbers that we're looking for. How do you find strangers, people out of the blue that you can actually get them to convert into clients or at least prospects for you?
1: Well, you know, a lot of it is depending on your personality. I know that sounds you know, kind of contrives sometimes, but you really have to get out and let people meet you. And I think that's the hardest thing for most people. They're like, well, I am. I'm going to this group, and I'm going to this group, and I'm going here. And I said, yes, but are you having real conversations with people and with strangers also? And so look at who is your target market. And then how do you connect with people in that target market? So, for example, you know, my perfect clientele are entrepreneurs, sales reps, and then people that are probably retired and bored of being retired. And so my perfect location to, you know, have any meetings at all at is at the Starbucks or any coffee shop. And really Starbucks is mostly the, the – my – favorite, and I'm going to tell you why, because most people are like, oh, but it's so expensive, oh, you know, it's so loud, you know, all of the things that make you hate Starbucks are the things that you should love about it, so for example, when you walk in, all of those chairs are really close together, all little tables, versus a lot of restaurants that are really spread out and quiet, well, in order to have people hear you, you have to talk up. You have to, you know, really project. And when it's loud, it's even better because there's a reason for you to project versus in a quiet place like a library, if you're projecting and people are hearing you, you're being rude. So it's a perfect location, any place that's loud. Then the tables are close in, so guess what? You're not just talking to the person in front of you. So if you're having a one-to-one, you know, conversation with somebody, you know, finding about them, they're finding about you, you're not having just a one-to-one. You're having a one-to-five or six Mm -hmm. or eight, depending on who's sitting around you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So you want to position yourself so you're speaking out towards people. You want to elevate your voice so that they can hear you. And then that way they have an opportunity to talk to you. Do not rush in and rush out because miracles cannot happen if you're rushing. So if you just got through speaking to somebody at a one-on-one, you know, you met them at a chamber. You go to have a one-on-one. You have it at Starbucks or wherever. And then you speak up those people that are all sitting around you. Stop before you leave. Make eye contact. Smile. It's all about smiling. Make eye contact because somebody wants to say something to you. They just don't want to be rude. Mm -hmm. So if you make an eye contact with them, now they have that opportunity to smile back at you, and you can say hello to them, and then they can actually ask you about what you do. Oh, I happened to overhear. Oh, I didn't mean to eavesdrop. Yeah, they did. They love eavesdropping. I love eavesdroppers. <laughs> I've made so much sales from eavesdropping. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Well, and that is that is so critical to, to really think about that. And I think it's so funny because um, I, I am very much the same way. I love the, the analogy of why Starbucks is actually a good place to meet because so many people actually are against that. And they think, oh, no, it's so, so hectic. And, and for me, I tend to be one that I also like to have my laptop, so I, I'll, I'll schedule a few meetings, and then in between I have my laptop there, and the, the small tables – are very hard to get any kind of work done from that standpoint. But you brought up a really good point on the fact of with the tables being so close and it being as noisy as it is, that that starts up potential conversation with the other people around you. And I can honestly say that I have been there. I've been in that situation and I did actually just a few months ago as a matter of fact, I was, I was traveling back to Boise, which is where my family is, and was hanging out, had, had one meeting lined up, in a coffee shop, happened to see the two guys that were sitting at the table next to me, um, overheard a bit of their conversation, ended up after my first meeting got over with, struck up a conversation with them, and ended up actually selling them one of my programs right there on the spot. I know, isn't that brilliant? <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, how, how, how is it, how are you ever going to get somebody, a complete stranger, to literally buy your stuff when you didn't have a meeting with them set up, it's exactly. because you just happen to be at the right place, and you have that conversation, and you meet them, get to know them, and build that relationship very, very quickly.
1: And especially when they've been eavesdropping a little bit, because just like you were eavesdropping, I do a lot of eavesdropping on other people's conversations because you can kind of sway what you're saying so that it perks their ears up, you know, and it's not going to affect everybody, and that's not the point. It's those opportunities. It's getting in front of people in the right opportune moment. And if you never go someplace, if you're always sitting behind your desk at your office or at your home, you're missing out on huge opportunities. And one of the things, because a lot of people are like, oh, but I can't just talk, start talking to strangers, you know, because I had that problem. Because remember, mm-hmm. I'm an introvert. Yeah. So I started making a rule for myself because there's a word that I cannot stand using for myself, and that's the word selfish. And so find a word that really resonates with you where if you say it to yourself, you're like, oh, no, that is not going to be me. So I when I go into Starbucks or into a networking group or an event, I've got to build myself up to talk to strangers. So one of the things that I do is I say, okay, if I walk in and I don't say hello to somebody, I am being incredibly selfish because if I – I could literally change somebody's life today. I could connect them to someone I know. I could, you know, have something that they may, you know, want to buy from me that will change their life. I could get them involved in my organization or someone else's organization. I don't know how I can help them. But if I don't start talking to them, I'm being selfish because I'm not allowing them that opportunity. And so whatever it is for your listeners, you know, Figure out a word that has that, you know, button that you just will not let be, be pushed, mm-hmm. and then use it against yourself.
0: Right, I love that, and it's. I think that that is a critical way to look at it. I mean, one of the things that I've I teach people, and I even I wrote on this not too long ago, was um, to to not think about sales and marketing as salesy, pushy, any of that kind of stuff. Think of it as helping other people, because if you have a product that is a product or a service that can help solve a solution for a problem somebody has, then it is your obligation to get out there and help as many people as you can because you are helping other people. And if you change that mind shift, then, you know, it's one question that I tell people. Ask yourself every day when you get up, who am I going to help today?
1: Exactly. Isn't
0: that brilliant? it is. It's so fun, and it makes life so much easier because then you're sitting there going, "Oh, how, you know, how many sales I'm going to make?" No, it's how many people am I going to help today? Because then instantly you change it into that positive, and you're you're more you're more excited about helping other people than you are about selling stuff. I mean, it really it really does boil down to it. As long as your product and service is something that's good. That applies, and if it doesn't, then you should get out of business and do something else anyway. Um, so, those luckily, none of those people are probably listening to this podcast, so that makes me right. happy. <laughs> Very cool. So, now we talked about offline marketing. Let's talk about some of the online marketing. How? What are some of the ways that you you drive people into your business from an online standpoint?
1: Well, I do a lot of email marketing, and that's been you know a consistent. Way because and you know, a lot of people get really freaked out about email marketing because um, they're like, oh well, only five percent you know or ten percent even open my emails, and I'm like, well that's fantastic, and they can't get it because a lot of them want to clean their list up, right? Mm-hmm. I need to clean my list up. I need to get rid of those other ninety five percent. I'm like, stop it, <laughs> mm-hmm. because really what's happening is when they see your newsletter or your email come into their inbox. Unless it's going into spam and they're just deleting their whole spam folder. But if it's coming into their inbox, they see your name every time. Mm -hmm. And so they may not open it, but they remember who you are and what you have to offer. So when the timing is right, because remember it's all about timing, when the timing is right, they will be ready and they will jump in. And so, like I said, I've got people that, you know, they come in and they're like, I've been, you know, following you for five years, seven years, three years, a year, you know, whatever it is. And it's great because whatever it was, they weren't ready when I talked to them about it or I met them before, but now the timing is right. So emailing is a huge way to keep your face out there. Social media, too. You know, one of the things that people don't really understand about social media and email marketing is just the ability for people to see that you're still in business. Because unless they're seeing you at a group or someplace where you're physically in front of them, there's no way for them to remind them that you're still in business and that you're doing well. And so that's really what emailing and social media is all about, is showing them not only that you're still in business, but that you're moving forward forward and that you're moving quickly in your business, that you're progressing, that you're helping people. I mean, how many times have you, you know, plugged a great client or told people about an achievement or something Mm -hmm. that's happened, you know? So those are huge ways.
0: Right. And I think that, you know, talking about email marketing for a second there, I love it because in today's, you know, I probably in the last probably oh, a year or so, I've been hearing some silly fools out there saying email marketing is dead, and I'm sitting there going, seriously? It is the best thing out there because it is your list. And the great thing about it is you're, you're right. You're going to have a small percentage that actually open and actually, you know, take some kind of action based on your emails. But it's because the timing isn't right. If you stay in touch with them on a regular basis, and the great thing about email marketing is it's your list. You control it. And you can talk to people whenever you're ready to. When that happens, what it does is it helps you build that relationship over time, and when they are ready, they will – they'll jump on board. They'll be like, hey, you know what? This is what what struck. I mean I've got people – just as an example, I had somebody literally that bought one of my programs just like three weeks ago, and he's been on my list for three years. He came in yep. from a webinar that I did three years ago, and he's never done anything. And now, all of a sudden, he ended up buying one of my programs.
1: And depending on where you move in your business, suddenly you have a product or service that resonates with them. You know, mm-hmm. same thing with your websites. You know, I have a business that creates websites, software development, and one of the questions we always get when we start with a new client is, "How do I get people to my website?" And we always suggest not to focus on that because that is a given, all right? People should go to your website at least once. The right. hardest part is to get them to come back. What's the reason for them to come back? And that is usually the big kicker in the whole scenario is how to move them back over to you. And when you look at, even for myself, in all of the my own personal websites, you know, and all of my different businesses, you know, even like public speakers, we just launched it in January, and we've got around 100,000 hits a month right now. Um, my personal website gets around 10,000 hits a month. So how do you get that traction, right? It's got to be about something more than you need to know my bio. <laughs> so really taking that, kind of step into the reality of why people want to know you and then developing, I always think of it as a courtyard. How do you create a courtyard that's so lovely that attracts people, right? It's got beautiful benches and trees and birds. It's going to make people come there. And that's your website, that's your blog, your social media, your emails, all of those kind of things, your networking, where everybody who's free And you want them to stay in that courtyard because they're going to be looking at your building, which is your business, the whole time. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens too many times is people build too lovely of a courtyard, and they never want to move into the building. So there is a fine line about developing such a gorgeous courtyard that nobody ever wants to come in to buy. So be careful about how much you blog how much you, you know, do all of these extra marketing things because it still has to turn into a sell. So what I do find happens to a lot of people is they become experts at marketing, but they forget that the next step is sell. So you have to pull them into your building and sell them so that they come in, or you just got a
0: lovely courtyard. Right, and I've I've actually I know a, another podcaster who um, has built an amazing audience very very fast over maybe the last two years, but he's never actually put together a product. He's generally he grew his business off of affiliate sales, um, and he now finally decided, okay, I'm ready to launch my own first product, and it is amazing some of the the negative comments that he got from that. Oh, because yeah. he had he had trained his audience over those last two years that he never really sold them anything. And so when he actually went out to sell them something and said, Okay, I have something you can buy now, there was people that actually got upset with him. And I was just, I was appalled by the whole concept. I'm like, no, we're in business to make sales and we have to add value first. We know that. But at some point you've got, you're going to, you've got to be careful about giving away too much, and I, I'm a firm believer in giving away a lot, but you've got, to, you do have to be careful about that too much point, because what ends up happening is you actually train your audience not to buy stuff from you, which obviously you do that too much, you're out of business and you're out going, getting another job that is not adding as much value.
1: Well, and it's also about the world that we live in. Who do you attract? You know, And I did the exact same thing. I had a uh, my monthly event was completely free. We never pitched anything. We never tried to sell anything for about a year. And when we decided, okay, we're going to turn this into where we're going to just have some offers. We're going to bring in great speakers and they're going to make offers. I did. I got some really horrific (laughs) type of backlash for that how dare you try to sell us and I was like and I had the exact same reaction and then I started (laughs) realizing well I did it to myself you know Mm -hmm. I created that environment and so whatever the expectations you create at the beginning and that's why it's very important to set yourself up at the beginning the way you want to look in the future (laughs) yeah
0: no, and I and I do agree with that. I think it's a very valid point for for something for us to talk about for a bit because of the fact that that is that is something that many of us have actually been through. I've been there before. Where uh, in my presentations, I gave so much that it actually hurt my sales because I wanted to give so much. But what ended up happening was that I gave too much, and people were overwhelmed by the amount of actionable things that they could go out and do. That they're like, oh, I got so much to do right now. I, I don't think I could even look at buying the course.
1: Exactly. I, yeah.
0: So we do have to be careful about those kind of things, and I think this is really good stuff to talk about for anybody, especially somebody who's just starting out or is just you know fairly new. That you know, as you're going through figuring out what's for what you're doing for sale and what you're doing from a content marketing standpoint of getting your message out there. Uh, these are things that you do need to just kind of keep in mind and stay on track with, and just pay attention to, to make sure you don't fall into some of those traps.
1: Yeah, because they're easy to fall into. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Oh, well, definitely. Now, let's talk about, you know, as we talked about personality types from, you know, you and I are naturally both introverts, and we've worked our way out of Actually being, you know, we're known as, as extroverts because of the fact that we are, we're social creatures and we do so much networking and we do all these online things and all this cool stuff that's going on. We're both speakers, but we've kind of changed our own personalities. Let's talk about that when it comes to marketing and different personality types and how we can all take advantage of knowing that information on how, because I know that it helps to deal with other potential clients that way better.
1: Right, you know, you have to understand that first. Not everybody is like you, and I think that's the hardest thing. It's been the hardest thing for us to overcome. You know, for my husband and I, we work together as a team. Um, we expect that a people are going to value what we value, and that they're going to want to progress as fast as you do, or you know, whatever your whatever is that you know, clincher for you and why you're doing your business. And it's a shock when you find out that people aren't. I mean, my very first coaching client that I took on um, back in 05, uh, her biggest goal in life was to be the second best realtor in this one neighborhood. (laughs) So not even the first, you know, the top realtor in that neighborhood, just the second best. And I I had a really hard time with it because mm-hmm. I look at everything as global expansion. You know, I want to right. conquer everything <laughs> and I couldn't figure it out. And it was really a, a eye-opener to me that I have to remember that people are different. And if you look at the four personality types, now everyone has kind of a combination, but there's the fast-paced people and the slower-paced people. So fast-paced people are like your go-getters, the people that are like moving forward. They want to win everything. And then you've got your social butterflies. We want to have fun and we want to move fast and we really love change. Then you've got slower-paced people like your caregivers, people that are your volunteers. They're the, usually all of our teachers and our um, nurses and our caregiving um, that, you know type of people. Now that's the largest percentage of people in the world, which are mostly women. Um, And then we've got the analytical people. They need everything analyzed and broken down strategically step by step. So you have to understand if you're talking to somebody and you're trying to sell them, what kind of personality? Because if you're trying to talk to an analytical person as if they're a social butterfly, you're never going to sell them. You have to break down everything to them and vice versa. If you're trying to talk to a social butterfly and try to give them all the reasons why and all they want to know is why, how am I going to have fun with this, you're not going to sell them. Mm-hmm. So you really have to understand the person that you're talking to. Right. You also have to understand there is people people and then there's data-driven people. So your go-getters and your little analytical people are your data-driven and your social butterflies and your caregiving people are your people people. So if you're talking to somebody and they just want to get right down to the point and tell me what it's going to cost me and stuff, and you're trying to talk to them about your dog and how much fun you had this weekend, you've lost them. Mm -hmm. So, Really, it's important to listen to their voice and to adjust your presentation to them. So let them go first. You know, they always say in sales. Talk 90, you know, let them talk 90% and you talk 10%. Because that 90% is going to tell you everything you need to know about how to sell them what's important to them and not to you.
0: Right, I love that. And it is so critical. Once I actually kind of started learning this, there was a couple of things. First off, that when I first really got into this stuff was with the coach that I was working with and I actually found out not from the standpoint of how to read people but how people read me differently and it actually hit home really hard because this was this was a few years back where i had gone from my you remember rock and roll upbringing right i mean i used to be a roadie okay so i i started in that standpoint and i totally switched what i uh, created my first company, went and cut off all my hair, had the shirt and tie, very, very professional. And I was always in business mode. And that's what people saw. They didn't see the guy who you know used to play bass in a band and listen to rock and roll music and all that kind of stuff. They didn't see that side at all. And, pe- and actually people got to the point where they saw me as an analytical when I actually am more of the, the caregiver category. Yeah. And my coach actually had it wrong, and she kept throwing me in the analytical category, and I have realized that it was because I would put myself into a totally different persona that wasn't naturally me. I did it because that's what I thought I had to do, and what ended up happening from that standpoint was once I made that realization, realization, I switched to becoming more me and saying, okay, I'm going to be more authentic. I'm going to be myself. And the amazing thing happened once I started doing that. I took off the tie. I started dressing more the way that I normally would dress. I talked the way I normally do, much less politically correct than I used to be. And lo and behold, my sales went up. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, huh, imagine how that can happen. <laughs> And so it's both sides. When you start, you know, pay attention to this. Think about, you know, what category do you fall into, and then think about that when you're talking to other people. What kind of category do they fit into for as the personality types? Because you've got to be true to your personality type. You can't fake it. If you're an analytical, you are not going to be comfortable as the social butterfly. I've seen yeah. it before.
1: <laughs> and, you know, it's really interesting, too, because we do this a lot for our website clients, and we're actually about to launch it for the public speakers um, group, so that when people come into your website, you speak their language, both websites and the way you speak is only to one person, right? Mm-hmm. So you're missing the other three types of people. Right. And so you create a system where you allow them to tell you their personality type, so it's a little quick assessment. And then it goes into a whole way of their personality. So if they're analytical, they get all the details all lined out, all spelled out, you know, where if they're, you know, a social butterfly, it's just going to talk about how much fun and how fast-moving and, you know, we're going to get to connect with a lot of new people. So depending on, you know, look at your own website, what personality does your website have? Because a lot of times people think they're talking to entrepreneurs, but everything on the website talks to corporate, you know, the way they speak, the way their words are put together, the pictures they use. So you have to really kind of look at what your marketing is and are you trying to actually attract the people you think you're trying to attract?
0: <laughs> right. now, I love that. Very, very cool stuff. All right, so as we're, we're getting close to time here, and what I want to do is because I want to be, about, be respectful of your time for our call today, but what I want to ask you is, if, As we're getting to wrap up, where, there's one question I ask almost everybody on my show is there's one action item that they, people can get out and do immediately to step up, take a step towards the stuff we've talked about today. What would that be?
1: Go out today, have a cup of coffee, look around, smile at people, say hello, start a conversation, and see what happens. I I love that. That would be the easiest (laughs) thing.
0: (laughs) I love that. And it it goes completely against what's ingrained in our nature because we're taught not to talk to strangers. And I can (laughs) tell you. It actually works. I actually have a friend who um her daughter is is very much into the don 't talk to strangers she, th- she thinks i'm completely nuts because <laughs> I will randomly go up and talk to people, so I think but it is extremely powerful, and I think that's the best thing you can definitely do. I agree with that. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing with us now. How can people get a hold of you because I know people are going to want to stay in touch with you and connect to see more about what you've got going on?
1: yeah, so you could um come to my My own website, it's got all everything on there and all the links to everything that I do. It's Tanya, T-O-N-Y-A, and then Hoffman, and it's spelled funky because my husband's family doesn't know how to spell their last name right. So it's H-O-S, like Frank, and it's just one of them, M-A-N-N, so Nancy Nancy, so two N's, dot com, so Tanya Hoffman dot com.
0: All right, and I will definitely be sure to put that in the show notes as well. Um, So, Tanya, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a lot of fun. We're definitely going to have to do it again. Um, As always, I always put this one out there. If there's anything that I can do to help support you, reach out and let me know.
1: Would love it. Thank you so much for being my friend.
0: All right. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening today. Get out there. Have an amazing Rockstar Week. As always, reach out. Let us know if there's anything we can do to help you out. And take just a couple of minutes, if you would, and stop by iTunes. Give a review on this, this podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your ideas, all that kind of cool stuff. It's really, really simple to do. It'll take two minutes of your time, and it means the world to us. So with that, we're going to wrap up. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Take care. Have an amazing Rockstar Week. Hey there, this is Eli again, and I got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.